The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Ben Hayes. I'm the associate pastor at Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, and I'm joined, as always, by John Decker, the lead pastor. And we are excited to be here today and unpack a topic that a lot of pastors shy away from. Yeah, um, what we're talking about, basically, uh, just go ahead and jump right in, is talking about discouragement and, and just tiredness mm-hmm. and and just the reality of that in ministry. I know we have a lot of people that, that tune into our podcast that are in ministry right now. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of people from our church who like to uh, listen in. And so it does. it's not exclusive just to ministry leaders. It's to everybody. Um, but really just kind of where we're at right now and and coming off a huge win, our previous podcast kind of unpacked a little bit that happened on the on the missions trip that we took. So we had a huge win. And then the Sunday after our mission or two Sundays after our missions trip, our, our people got to hear about uh, the missions trip and just, mm-hmm. man, just really everything rolling. And then, but life happens and ministry happens and, and, you know, Satan loves to do nothing more than just to discourage, mm-hmm. to, to drain energy. And, and we're not, I want to make sure people understand we're not talking about, uh, clinical depression. Like right. there's, there's a difference between chemical imbalances and depression. We're talking about just discouragement, just that lack of energy and motivation. And maybe something has happened. You're like, man, that's just, I didn't see that coming. That's out right. of left field. And I, I kind of call it the eight verses rule yeah. and I kind of unpack that for everybody. Cause it, it's real. And, and I love this passage. It's in the old Testament. It's first Kings, uh, chapter 18. And the story is that of Elijah, Mm-hmm. And there's been a drought. God's like, I'm not going to let it rain. And this, all this is going down. And God's like, okay, the drought's almost over. And Elijah goes and confronts King Ahab, who is a wicked king. He's married to that woman named Jezebel. Yeah. And, and uh, he said, hey, look, like this thing's going down. And, and Ahab goes, even looks at Elijah, and he says, when Elijah walks into the throne room, Ahab looks at him and goes, oh, so you're the man ruining Israel. Like, you're the man destroying my country. I'm like, man, this is the man of God. Imagine what that felt like. Him. Right. like okay, I'm going in like, like I'm about ready to announce that this drought is ending and God's, but God's not done yet. And to get your finger pointed at you and go, hey, mm-hmm. you're the guy ruining everything. And so then that we get the showdown right. in First Kings 18 where the uh, Ahab gets his 450 false prophets of Baal and it's just Elijah. Right. And they're standing on Mount Carmel. And I, un, unpacking this passage, maybe for some people maybe not that familiar with it, uh, they have a contest to see which God would bring fire and consume an altar. Right. So they build this altar, and Elijah lets the false prophets go first, and they spend all afternoon screaming and crying and cutting themselves and yelling for Baal to, to send fire on the altar. Of course, it never happens. And eventually, Elijah stands up and says, okay, it's enough, it's enough. And he has them douse the altar with buckets and buckets and buckets of water so yeah. much so that he has them dig a ditch around it and the ditch gets full of water that's much water they douse on it and he prays this prayer like that's a few seconds long and fire just pours out of heaven consumes the altar not just burns up the altar but it laps up and licks up all the all water, water destroys, yeah. it dries up all the water and at the end of first kings chapter 18 there's a verse that says when the people saw that they fell on their face and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That happens in verse 38 of 1 Kings 18. Yeah. 
but the eight verses later, mm-hmm. we're in First Kings 19, and the chapter opens up with right after that happened, Ahab tells his wife Jezebel what went on, and Jezebel sends messengers to Elijah that says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And Elijah just immediately comes off of that huge mountaintop experience and that huge victory and kind of some like a, a mission trip type experience that we've gotten right. to experience um, a couple weeks ago. And now all of a sudden is faced with that reality. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is this happening? I don't get it. Like, this is not how this is supposed to turn out. Eight verses before the whole people who are on that mountain are going, the Lord's God, the Lord is God. It's not Baal. It's God, the Lord. And now the queen is, I'm going to kill you. And, and Elijah just sinks off into a depression. Yep. You know? Yeah. And, and like you said before, we're talking about a, a depression of, of not a clinical kind. Right. Um, just discouragement. Right. Yeah, discouragement. Right. And, and and I've been pretty open, and I am pretty open. I, I wrestle with the, the clinical kind. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I wrestle with this, and they're, and they're two very different things. Mm-hmm. And so for, for those of you that are walking through both of these things, understand, like, those highs and lows um, might just feel a little bit different if you're walking through some of the chemical stuff too, but that's not really the focus. Right. And so I just wanted to reiterate that because I know that can get, especially in our culture, it's kind of a hot button thing. It kind of can get right. twisted, but – yeah, he goes from this moment of just pure victory where it just feels like everything is going right to now he has to fear for his life. He right. has to to he's alone. He's yeah. he went from everybody was on his side to now where's everybody at? And right. Man, that that's just such reality at times. It is. And I think we see the heart uh, of a pastor come mm-hmm. out in Elijah. Um because a lot of people take First Kings 19 and they they say how they, so I've heard some people say well, he lost his faith and, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's that I think it's just pastoring yeah I mean he's literally I mean he's a prophet but he's leading and shepherding an, a nation um, the spiritual leader of a nation that has turned their back on God and he's trying to and at this point honestly he just feels alone yeah like it's like at one point he's he's just I can't fight one more battle mm-hmm. he's fought battle after he had to tell ahab that a drought's coming and then he had to go live out by a stream and be fed by a raven and right then he had to go live with a widow who had a, a child and had to help support her um through a miracle that god did with that and it's just it seems like it's just one thing after another and as soon as there's a victory there's a like the bottom falls out and, yeah and you and i can look at this story and we can really relate mm-hmm. as as ministry i know there's some people listening that can as well that um, it, there just comes a point where you, you're just you're fatigued. You're, right. you're tired of, of fighting. You're tired of one more battle coming, and you get to the point like I don't know if I have the energy. I, I just don't know. And honestly, we become weak at that point. We open ourselves up to spiritual attack at that right. point. And that's I think Satan knows when mm-hmm. we're at our weakest. And and that's when I I personally I believe a lot of pastors and leaders end up falling. Yeah. Uh, because they look for outlets. They look for ways to. Um, get that energy or be re-energized or escape, like looking right. for an escape from battle after battle after battle. And we have to be on guard against that. And I think so. Then you get to First Kings 19 and you see um, Elijah who um, has has run off. And he, in fact, it says in verse 3 of 19 that he ran um, away for his life and he sat down under a tree and he begged God to kill him. Yeah. And he prayed that he would die he's seeking release he's seeking right. some kind of out 
he doesn't want to fight another battle. He hasn't lost his faith. He's just tired. Right. He's just like, I mean, trying to wrap your brain around that huge victory of you think at that moment, the momentum's with you and the whole country is now turned back to God to now this mm -hmm. and him going, I, I just, I can't. <laughs> right. You see that a lot of times, like I think of a, of a common way to, that we can, we can kind of look at, at, a, at a sporting event almost and kind of draw a parallel in, in fighting. A lot of times I watch the UFC a lot. I'm a big fan of that. And, those guys will get a place where they've got a guy rocked and they will just start throwing everything they have because they've got him like right on the mm -hmm. brink of about to go out and the next round starts and they can't lift their hands right. because they've had an adrenaline dump and they've had an energy drum and they end up getting knocked out. Mm -hmm. And, and it's because they've given everything they've got and right. they thought they had it won. And then mm -hmm. here he comes back for another round. Like right. is this guy ever going to go away? And in, in pastoring, sometimes it's like, man, you throw the knockout punch, and then like Monday, <laughs> it's like ding ding. There's there's, there's, there's another round. Another <laughs> there's another round. <laughs> like there's <laughs> another round of this thing, that, and the rounds don't stop and, and right. until the Lord calls us home. And right. and it's man, it's just one of those things. I think it can be so hard. I think there's some important safeguards that we have to put mm -hmm. as pastors, right. and and as as dads as and dads, as moms yeah. and as what wherever you find yourself, there's some important things that you have to make sure, because I think it's really easy when these moments hit to, for me, my, my natural tendency is to isolate. Mm -hmm. That's my natural. Right. And I think a lot of people that that's where there is. And, and there's different things. Some people go on the complete opposite. They just mm -hmm. get around as many people as they can. Right. They're trying to draw energy. But for me, the danger that I find at times when I find myself in these moments is is to isolate mm -hmm. and just say, if I don't have to deal with people, mm -hmm. I don't have to fight any battles. Right. And then, then the battle begins in my brain and, and in your brain and your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it is very hard, um, to keep facing those battles and then go and, and not say, I, I want out. Right. Yeah. And, um, for pastors, but let's talk about um, even like you just mentioned, dads who as as believers were called to be the spiritual leaders of our household. Right. And I, I kind of equate it to the, the person who works as a carpenter. They build all day long. But usually you go to a carpenter's house and their house is the one that's like everything's half done. Right. Because they get home and like, I just don't I don't want to build anymore. I want mm to -hmm. I, I want to rest. I want to break away from what I'm doing every day and every battle I fight. And so. As men, we, we fight battles all day long, and, and we fight spiritual battles in our own mind, in our own heart, and we get home, mm -hmm. we forget that we're still supposed to fight the battles to lead our family, and right. sometimes that gets put on the back burner. So it, it goes even beyond just pastoring. But, you know, as as, 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 as pastors, we have to be on guard about that and go, okay, well, how do I respond to that? Do I isolate? Right. Do I look for ways of escape like Elijah here? Like I just want out. And right. like if it's so for some people, it's God kill me for other leaders. It's it's they end up falling into a sexual sin or mm -hmm. a monetary sin or something like that. Um, and then it's they're looking for that release. And we've got to be careful and guard against that. And that's where Elijah finds himself. And so he runs and, he's like, and he begs God to take his life. And basically he just collapses. The Bible says he laid down and he slept. Really he just collapsed. He, that, what that means is he just, just literally out. passed out. He's, he is spent. And we know that because an angel comes and touches him and says, you need to get up and eat. And God had prepared a, a meal for him and, um, and, and put some, and some water. And he eats and he drinks and he falls right back asleep. The angel comes back again and says, it's time to get up. you got to eat again or the journey's going to be too much for you. So he gets up and he eats again. 
and then he walks 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb. And remember, he walks by himself, so he's still he's feeling in isolation. He's like, I'm the yeah. only one left, and now he's still by himself, and he goes to a cave on the Mount of Horeb, and this amazing passage happens that a lot, maybe some people don't even know that, it, that never even read it before. Um, but God calls him out, and he says, Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah gives him this uh, this rehearsed statement because he says it two times, right. word for word. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They've torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am, le- am left, and they're looking for my life to take it. That's That screams of the loneliness of a mm-hmm. leader. I mean, I can hear it, and, and you, can, you some people can really relate to that, and especially any of our ministry friends that are listening to this. Like we can relate to that. It's like I am. Sometimes it feels like I'm the only one holding the line. I'm the only one who understands what this battle is all about, and it can can become very lonely. And that's where he's at. He's like, I'm it, and like they're killing everyone, Mm -hmm. and I'm out here on a mountain. I've walked forty days by myself, standing here, and there's nobody else out here. And it just confirmed in his mind, at least, that this is it. Like I'm I'm the only one. And and so translating that to today. there's parents who are saying like, I feel like we're the only ones in this community or the only ones in this culture trying to protect our kids from certain things on social media. We're the right. only ones trying to protect our kids eyes from what they watch. We're the only ones trying to protect um, our, our own lives from the influence of the negative influence of the world. And, and we get tired of holding that line. And I'm the only one trying to, you know, fight that battle with sports and, mm-hmm. and activities and distractions and, and as pastors, sometimes we feel like, okay, I, it's it's lonely. It right. can be very lonely. And I think you and I can attest, and we would never um, dive deep into this, but from phone calls, lunch meetings, this is a from our friends, mm-hmm. people we care deeply about. Right. This is a con- it's a constant. Mm-hmm. It's a constant. There's always somebody saying, "I want to do this." but I just feel like I'm alone in it mm-hmm. and right. it's constant, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think too, I, one of the ones I think that you run into a lot is it's like, man, we're the, we're the only couple who we're, we're trying to live for Jesus and we're, we're trying to raise our kids. And so like the time that we get together is, is after the kids go to bed and we're both just so tired. We're trying to spend time together. We're, we've got to be the only people in our marriage who are, who are wrestling with this. And, and like you said, there's just, the devil loves to isolate us mentally before he ever actually isolates us right. in life. And right. and I think, you know, you, you begin to ask all kinds of questions when you're isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be easier, Elijah said it would be easier to just right. be dead. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, for us, um, we, we've said in, in moments of honesty, man, it would be easier at times to just be working like a normal Mm-hmm. job where right. you get to just go home right and and the devil begins to put these illusions in your mind like it would be easy for you to not be obedient in, in what god's called you to be mm-hmm. when the reality is is first off like that's just not true right like and i think when those moments hit and those those beginnings of isolations hit we've got to begin to say okay what's true mm-hmm. and ask ourselves that question and speak what is true in it I'm not the only one right. that's going through this. Absolutely. And um, we've even seen it recently um, with pastors who have really taken it to that physical extreme. Right. Of it's just easier if I get out. 
right. and, and taken their life. And, and I, you know, we don't even want to count and look past over the last year and a half, two years and be reminded of that. And then you have other pastors and leaders just stepping down. And right getting out like you said just like getting you, a normal job just go do that um I, I have just like you we both have received phone calls from friends like i it's i'm struggling you know and mm-hmm. i can't do that and then even now we look at our church and our church god is rocking our church and right uh, things are going awesome we're not even a, in a season of of hard times right now no. at all i mean things are going really well and yet there's still discouragement and right. there's still there's still times of fatigue and tiredness and so it's not oh well man things go really well you don't have that i mean this guy saw god pour fire out of heaven right, right. it doesn't get better than, than that, that right like mm-hmm. he actually saw that happen at, in real time and yet discouragement came and and so and even with God waking him up and presenting him with food and angels talking to him face to face, angels talking with him. There's still discouragement. There's still loneliness there. And so for our church, I mean, it, it's awesome. And we love what's going on. There's nothing like that's there's rocking us. Stuff right, 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 right. There's not bad stuff, happening, but it's still we got to be on guard because there's still I- times of isolation and loneliness and mm-hmm. fatigue which can lead to discouragement. Like I'm just, I'm tired of fighting another battle. I just can't fight another battle. And so then we pick up this story where here he is and, and he gives this little spiel to God. And then he goes out um, to the edge of this cliff and this amazing thing happens is at that moment, the Lord passes by Elijah and the first time God passed by him, he came and he calls this great and mighty wind. Like it was tearing mountains apart and shattering cliffs before the Lord is what the Bible says. But it says that the Lord wasn't in the was not in the wind. Yeah. He caused the wind to go by, but God necessarily wasn't in there. So this really loud, boisterous thing happens. But like God didn't reveal himself on the other side of that. But then uh, the Lord, it says after the wind, there was an earthquake. Like the Lord shook everything. Right. But yet that wasn't the Lord wasn't in that. Mm-hmm. And then a great fire came and consumed um, everything around him. And Elijah's watching this take place. And what God is doing is Elijah the whole time is expecting God to kind of reveal himself through in this huge those way. huge moments, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, okay, any, any moment God's going to take away my discouragement, any moment God's going to um, take away the battles, at any moment God's going to um, uh, take away the struggles that I'm in, but yet the God wasn't in all that until the very end it says, and after that, the fire, there was a, a voice and the next phrase in Hebrew, it's, it translated a soft whisper. Yeah. And that's where God was. Right. Like God came and spoke to Elijah. Like it's this idea of you're looking for these great big things and you're forgetting that I'm in the little moments. Mm-hmm. And while this is tough and it's a battle and it's another battle, I know you're tired and I know you're worn out. I know you don't feel like you can go on. But you're looking at all these things go on, but I'm hearing that voice. I'm right, right here. And then Elijah goes out, wraps his face in his mantle, goes out to the edge of the cliff, and God comes to him again. And then what I love is, is God, one hand gives him another battle to fight. Yeah. But on the other hand, he answers a prayer because a prayer that Elijah didn't even know he needed to ask, but he's lonely. Yeah. And God says, he says, go back the way you came. He says, when you get there, you need to anoint a new king, Hazael. Yeah. You need to... um anoint a guy named Jehu as king over Israel and you need to anoint Elisha who's going to be your companion and replace you and what we see later on is Elijah and Elisha get to spend all this time together Mm -hmm. Um, and this companion this somebody to help ease that loneliness for Elijah but then God ends it with saying this and you're not alone yeah he says in fact there's 7,000 other people 
and what God was in a loving way doing, loving, lovingly way doing was saying, I know you're lonely, but you're not alone. Yeah. I know you're tired, but you're not done. Mm-hmm. And I know you feel like you're the only one serving me, but there's still so many people that need you to go lead them. Right. And, um, and then we see that Elijah gets off the mountain and he goes and he does just that. And it seems like he's restored and his energy is renewed. And Isaiah even tells us this, that it's that those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll, yeah. they'll run and not be weary in their walk and they won't faint. faint. And mm-hmm. the whole idea is we've got to wait on it. There's no magic bullet. And it's not saying, well, just pray hard. That's not it. It's the idea of we can't look for the ways out. And as leaders, right. yes, the battles get hard and it gets lonely and it gets, feels like you're the only one and you're fighting battles at the workplace for some people and fighting battles at home. You're fighting, mm-hmm. fighting battle, battles at church and understand though, one, we're not alone yeah. and we keep looking for God in all these big moments, but God's like, I'm always there in the little moments. I'm, I'm everywhere and I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not leaving you, but I need you to fight another battle. Right. And so, and so practically, I think that that comes down to um, protecting our, our daily time to mm-hmm. walk and talk right uh, with Christ. I think right. we've got to make sure we can't ever get too busy to, to be in the word. Right. Um, and not just pray more, pray harder. I, I, I don't subscribe to that as the thing. Right. But yeah, like you got to be in conversation. Mm-hmm. You got to be in conversation w- with him. Mm-hmm. You've got to be listening for that still small voice and right. and that, that small whisper, that soft whisper. You've got to be, you've got to be attentive to that. And, right. and, and then I think on top of that, I think it also reminds us that God has placed some people in our life that, that maybe we weren't looking for. Maybe we didn't even know that God had placed them in our life for that. Um, but I remember there were seasons where I, where I needed, not because it necessarily, like you said, like things are going great, but things are hard and you're tired and you don't know where to go or who to talk to. And there were seasons of my life where I, I called a friend in Arkansas. Um, there was a guy I knew in Missouri who now happens to be sitting on the other microphone <laughs> right across <laughs> from me who, who I called, Hey, like, I don't know why like camp mm. was great. This was great. That was great. Everything could, couldn't be moving at a better, but like I'm, I'm exhausted and I can't figure out what to do. And, and so figuring out how do I, if you're in ministry, it's, it's hard sometimes. Cause it's like, you can't walk in, um, necessarily to just any random church member and say, like, I'm tired and I kind of want to quit mm-hmm. just cause I'm exhausted. Cause then it's like, you want to do what? You know, like, yeah. you wait, wait, hold on. You can't do that. And so where do you go, you know, and and God's put, given us this awesome technology where we have the ability to to reach out right. to others and not isolate ourselves. But right. well, it's and I, hard. And I, and I love that going back to that passage in Isaiah, that word wait, it's in the in the Hebrew, it's kavah. And it, it means it doesn't just mean like, hey, wait around for God. That's not yeah. that's how we would it's in the in the King James would translate it wait upon the Lord. But it it means to be strong in and its idea of a twisted rope. Yeah. And binded together. And the idea is lean in. Right. And bind yourself, your source of your strength and your source of everything. You got to tap in mm-hmm. um, to God. And so instead of looking for ways out, instead of allowing ourselves to become vulnerable 
right. um, to the devil and, and getting us discouraged and looking for ways out that which usually are very self-destructive. Right. Um, lean in and twist in right? yeah. and, and find that source and be bound to that idea of I'm going to wait on God. I'm not alone. God's with me. He promises he never leave us and forsake us. And there's things that we know, especially as ministry right. leaders, we know we've heard. But I think it's just a good thing for us today because we're coming off a big win and we're coming off right. a great time. But also you and I are kind of experiencing right now some some just real fatigue right. and, and tiredness and just, okay, and a little bit of weirdness from the battle and right. um, understanding that um, we're not alone. Right. And, and God obviously gave us to one another here to, to right. kind of shoulder this together. But we also have a very amazing church that, right. that loves what, what, what God is doing. And we're excited about that. And the last thing the devil wants is for that to keep going. Mm-hmm. So if he can't divide us with this unity, which is not happening in our church, then he'll get us with discouragement and, right. and tiredness. And, and so, um, understanding we got to wait and we got to tap in. And, uh, so hopefully this is a good reminder, uh, and it'll maybe an encouragement for our, some of our ministry leader friends that are listening that, hey, you're not by yourself. Right. And no matter what wind you're coming off of or what valley you're going into right now, um, there's those that are with you. And yeah. the best thing is that God's there, but stop looking for him in the big things. Right. Because he's right there and he's ministering to your heart and, and he his work is going to succeed. And just lean in as much as you can. Right. And I, I love, we, we were practicing a new worship song um, that we're getting ready to, to work on and that we're getting ready to, to introduce to our people. We did it a couple of weeks ago uh, during our response time. Um, but it, it says, I hear the song of victory sing over me. And the, the whole idea and premise of the song is, is we have a victorious God who's declared victory. Mm-hmm. Who is, and sometimes the devil's like con- convinced us that he's not already victorious and right. that we're not, we're not serving from the victory that we're trying to, to serve for the victory and mm-hmm. we're looking for victories and battles but the winner of the war has already been declared right, absolutely and and so as we walk through that we get to be a part of something great and something awesome um and the devil tries to get our eyes fixed on other things and mm-hmm. just trusting the victory that's been declared at mm-hmm. times can be difficult but and we we hope that in in sharing some of this and sharing this as we've walked through some of the things that we're walking through today and, and we're recording this podcast earlier than it's going to drop. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we are fre- like two days off one of the best services right. we've ever had. One of the best ministry days we've ever mm-hmm. had. Um, but it's where we are mm-hmm. and, and it would be really easy to ignore that. Right. And, and we wanted to try and share this to be an encouragement to our, our friends that are in ministry, right. to be encouragement to our people who are, are headed back to work and after a great s- Sunday service, but they're going to hit the same things mm-hmm. that they hit. Yeah. And, and so I want to encourage everybody here, um, especially for our ministry friends, if you're in that spot, if you're on the side of Mount Horeb and that's you, you're like, man, I just, <laughs> I'm alone. Reach out. Yeah. Um, we uh, reach out to Ben and I, or I reach out to someone that you trust, that you love, that you know is, is there for you. Um, because sometimes we don't know what people are going. We hide it really well. We right. just hide it really well. So we might not, they might not know to come to you. So reach out and just give that phone call. Give a text. Of them say, hey, man, just pray for me like I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, and for anybody in our church or even from the team that went with us, um, we can encourage one another um, right. to not get weary and well-doing. And to can you just, all you got to do is one, one more step. Right. Just keep taking them. You don't have to, have, we, we don't have to worry about having it laid out. We don't have to worry. The battles are going to come. They're going to be there. 
we just got to take one more step and, yeah. and God's got it. And, and we just need to rest and wait. And I love that phrase that twist in like, right. like a rope and just tie in mm-hmm. to the power of God because it's his anyway. Right. Absolutely. And, and so the way to do that, maybe you don't have a direct contact information for John mm-hmm. and I, the easiest way to do that is morningstardayton.org. Mm-hmm. Um, our, the way to contact us is all there. Um, we absolutely um, dig in, in hard to, to making sure nothing gets missed that comes through right. there. So there's multiple checks to make sure it gets to us. So maybe you just need somebody to give you a call mm-hmm. and you don't right. have our stuff. So just send, hey, Ben, hey, John, can somebody give me a call? I'm struggling. Right. Um, and, and we'll do that. You don't have to, if you don't feel comfortable on, on, a, on an email diving in mm-hmm. and you just need, need to yeah, talk. Yeah, just give us your number and say, give me a call. We'll, yep. we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, so morningstardayton.org is how you do that. Mm-hmm. And we would love to be anything that we can be and, and be vulnerable and be open with you about some of our struggles mm-hmm. and try and walk through that with you and uh, just give anything that we have to give. Mm-hmm. So until next time.